feel him in the room. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I'm so sorry because I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what vibe you came in on today. But we've been prepared for this. Holy Spirit, I give you glory. Real quick, before we continue, can you put Kevin's group back up? Before we continue, put Kevin's group. Those only two people in his group. That's not a group, that's a date. They are single and ready to mingle if anybody's looking, make the group a little bigger. They talk about small group. They went on a date to the movies and watched the Joker. Y'all ain't going on no small group. Y'all about to thicken that up. I seen this, I was just disgusted. Oh, there he is. Look, look. Look at everybody look at point. Look at point. Look, everybody point at him. Look. <laughs> Another thing. Cause I noticed a lot of stuff. If you didn't notice, the guy who did generosity, he had some fire ones on. Those was hard. Look like an anorexic Steve Furtick. He looked good. My boy Chris looked good. Look like a ripped Stephen Furtick. Man, I don't know about you. Look at the person they say, I don't know about see, here's the thing, y'all. I, I came strapped in, right? Like, okay, so growing up, I played a lot of basketball. That's what I did. That's what we all did. Um, I played a lot of ball. And while I was playing basketball, me and my cousins, we was just really good. So we just wax people, like just get them off the court. But there'll be a time where at first we'll start messing around. We'll, we'll play the game and we'll mess around first. And we'll play, we'll probably be down two, three points, right? But then it comes to a point where we notice that we're losing. And we'll look at each other and say, all right, now let's tap in. See, I don't know how you, your last week has been. I don't know how your last couple days been. I don't know how your last couple hours have been. But it's time to tap in. I don't, I don't know how, how, I don't know if you spoke to God today, today or tonight or at all or for the week, but now we tap in. So if you, if you ain't tapped in, I'm going to give you about five seconds. We're going to crash out. I'm going to give you five seconds to stand up and tap in, okay? Ready? And, and, don't just, and don't just tap in because it sounds cool. Tap in because you want to hear a word from God tonight. Don't, 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 don't just, don't just tap in. Don't just tap, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. When we tap in, that's when God shows up. And the thing is, every time God shows up, something has to change. Blind eyes have to start seeing. People that can't walk, they got to start standing. People that have some issues with someone else, that's got to get resolved. Because every time in the Bible, when Jesus showed up, everything began to change. And that's what I'm saying. You're looking in your life and you're saying, how come my life ain't changing? Well, where Jesus at? How come my week hasn't changed? How come my situation hasn't changed? How come my life hasn't changed? Maybe you need some Jesus in it, because once Jesus steps in, everything begins to change. Can you stand up and tap in? Can you tap in tonight? Holy Spirit, well, I give you glory, and I give you honor. I believe, and I declare that you will do what only you can do tonight. Hey, hallelujah, I'm going to try not to go over time. I'm going to try to stay within the time. Sit down. Let's get ready. Let's get ready. Let's get ready. I preached this message over five times. Uh, I don't know if you guys know. Raise your hand if you've been with us for a revival to five Sundays. I've preached this message at least three, four times because I've been preaching it at every revival service I went to. So I went to the one in Port Ritchie, went to the one in Pointiana. I preach on Wednesdays every Wednesday. So they were the first ones to hear this. So if you're a youth and you're not coming on Wednesdays, you slackers, right? Um... So this is about to be like my fourth time preaching it. And I love preaching the same message again because when you preach it, God reveals something new to you, right? Um, and if y'all ready to just jump in, I'm tired of this talk. 
title of tonight's message is Taste and See. Taste and See. Taste and See. Real quick, can you tell God speak to me just real quick? Come speak to me. Say it again. Come on, speak to me. Like, I don't care what nobody else in this room says. I'm not leaving until God speaks to me. I don't know if you went to camp or not, but we turn up out here. I don't know if you've been here before, but we tap in. When we talk about tasting and seeing, it's very dear to my heart because it talks about three major groups in the church today. And I believe every single one of those groups are identified in this room. Uh, Before uh, I continue, I just want to read the scripture. After I read the entire scripture, so those of you in the back, I'm going to read all the scripture. After I read all the scripture, then I'm going to talk about what's going on in the scripture. And after I talk about what's going on, then I'm going to talk about the three different perspectives. And I'll probably allude to that in the beginning. So just if you're taking notes, put taste and see at the top of your notes. And whatever God tells you, I got three points here, right? But whatever God tells you, jot it down, right? If you want, you can put your phone on airplane mode just in case a side chick want to text you. I'm not saying don't answer the text. I'm just saying don't answer it while you're here, okay? Let God speak to you, and then you answer her after that. Like, girl, I'm already tapped in. Bye-bye. Taste and see, taste and see. So let's put the scripture up. Let's throw it up. Can we, can we get ready to die? I'm ready. Let's go. Okay, so it says, it says, on the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to Jesus, she said, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, time out. We know Jesus' mom is in Puerto Rican because he would have got slapped. It says, woman, what does that have to do with us? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to do, you do it. Next verse. Then it says, now there were six stone water pots set there for the Jewish custom of the purification containing 20 or 30 gallons each. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. So they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it to him. When the head waiter tasted the water, which had become wine, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bride and groom and said to him, every man serves the good wine first. And when the people have drunk freely, then he serves the poorer wine. But you have kept the good wine up until now. And I don't know what your life been like without Jesus going to get there. Okay? So we have, before we continue, you got to understand there's three perspectives. We've got Jesus' mother, we've got the servants, and we've got the head waiter. Somebody say, Jesus' mama. Servants. Head waiter. So there's three different types of people I want to talk to you about tonight. And the three types, the first type is Jesus' mother. Now I want to let you know, it's a lot of us in this room are Jesus' moms. Right? Who is Jesus' mom? Jesus' mom is someone that believes in Jesus. She's someone that loves Jesus. She is the Christian like you and I that come to church. Those of us that have been in the house for a minute already, we are some Jesus followers. We've been following him on, on IG since like day one, since his first post. We've been liking and subscribing. We've been on this Jesus way for a little minute. And Mary is coming into a situation. And the crazy part about Mary is that when Mary shows up to this wedding, you have to understand that Jesus had not yet, not yet done a miracle. This is Jesus' first miracle turning the water into wine. That is Jesus' first miracle ever recorded in history. The first time something supernatural happened at the fingertips of our Savior is this story. So Mary shows up, and she's at a wedding. 
And when she shows up to the wedding, she's walking around and she's looking. And someone comes up to her and says, Mary, you don't understand. All the wine has ran out. And the Bible says, we can throw it up. Bible says, we can throw the first verse up. Bible says, on the third day of the wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Time out. Who are you inviting into your wedding? That's like first thing, right? See, a lot of us are having different we're connecting with different people. I'm connecting with one girl, and we want to start a life with each other. But you haven't invited Jesus into your relationship yet. And you're wondering why your relationship so quick went so dry. Maybe it's because you forgot to invite Jesus and put him on your guest list. Maybe if you had put in Jesus on your guest list before you made that decision to go from this job to the next, maybe you wouldn't be dealing with the hell that you're dealing with right now. The problem with some of us is not that God isn't there. It's that we didn't invite him. Ooh. You mad at God for not showing up, but you ain't even invited him. And God is a gentleman. Jesus is a gentleman. He ain't going to show up unannounced. And some of us, we're getting connected to certain people. We're getting connected to certain jobs. We're getting connected to certain habits. And yet, have we invited God to ask what he thinks of it? And the moment it goes dry, we're running all over the place. And we run to the Mary of our group, right? The woman who's been in church. The woman who loves Jesus. The woman who's connected to God. So many people come to me and say, Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan, I want you to pray for me. I'm like, you can pray for you. Why do you want me to pray for you? Do, do I represent the Mary in your life? Am I the Mary in your life that every time your, your situation runs dry, you go to someone who you think is closer to God than you are? Last time I checked, there's no such thing as me being closer to God than you are because God is not a God of inches because he lives inside of me. You thought that God was close or far when really he's inside. So it has nothing to do with who's closer it's still the same power. We ain't even get to the notes yet. Let me preach. I'm ready. Okay. So then Mary, Mary, she shows up, and the Bible says that when she notices that the wine is one dry, she looks to Jesus, and she says, Jesus, the wine, it dried up. There's no more wine. We're done. We're through. Jesus replies to her and says, woman. Woman, my time has not yet come. If you ain't thought your God was a G, that should have told you that right there. Your God is a gangster. So, woman, it is not my time. And look what she does. She almost ignores him. She says, his mother said to the servants. Now, she looks at Jesus. Jesus, this is my reality. This is the reality. The person who deserves a beautiful wedding, that person ran out of wine. And their reality is that they've ran out of something. They're in need of something. And Mary looks at Jesus and says, Jesus, we need you to do something. And Jesus tells her, my time hasn't come yet. And without even talking back to Jesus, she looks at the servants and she says, listen, do whatever he says to I don't care what he told me. Do whatever he said to do. This woman, mind you, this is not her wedding. She is a guest at this wedding. What does that tell me? That this ain't her miracle. So she comes up to Jesus and she says, Jesus, I need you to do something. I need you to do a miracle. Not for me, though, for somebody else. What would the church look like if we came together to church and we didn't focus on my miracle, but I focus on the miracle of the brother next to me? What? What would your life look like if you surrounded yourself around some people that cared more about your miracle than yours? What would your life look like if every time you went out of town, every time you went somewhere, you said, hmm, 
Let me bring somebody who is accustomed to the miracles. Let me bring somebody who needs a miracle. Let me bring somebody who hasn't seen it yet because I know that if I ask God, not for me, but for somebody else, he will come through. Is there anybody in here that believes in a God that can not only do a miracle when I ask for me, but if I ask for my brother, if I ask for my mother, if I ask for my relationship, God has the power and he is able to step in and say, listen, I'll take it from here. This wasn't her miracle. It wasn't her miracle. The miracle didn't belong to her. And the craziest part is this. This was Jesus' first miracle. He had never done a miracle before this. So the servants, imagine the servants. They look at Jesus like, man, he just told off his own mama. And then the mother looks at them and starts giving them orders. Hey, do whatever he tells you to do. I can imagine the servants like, who this one think she is? First of all, I don't even know who this Jesus guy is. He's never done a miracle before. Last I heard, he was born in a manger with some sheep. He's a bum. Last time I heard, Jesus was homeless. Who, why do I got to take orders from you? Nevertheless, why do I got to take orders from him? I don't know who he is. He's yet to do a miracle. He's yet to spread, to, to, to turn water into wine. He's yet to, see, to make blind eyes see. He's yet to make people that are crippled walk. Why should I trust you? And Mary looks at them as almost if to say, you might not know who he is. But I know who he is. You, you, might, you, you might not understand his power. But I understand his power. You might not see what he's capable of. But, but, but little do you, little, just come, I got to give a physical reference. Come up, come up, come up, come up. It's like he's the servant and Mary's here. And he's like, listen, I don't want nothing to do with it. And Mary's like, listen, I know, I know this might sound weird. I know you know that he was born in a manger. But I got to tell you, listen, you might not know who he is, mom. You might not serve him yet. You might not think that he's capable of doing something in our dad's marriage, in my family's marriage. You might not get it. But I know who he is, mom, because I go to church every Tuesday. And every Tuesday, the Holy Spirit speaks to me. And every Tuesday, he does miracles on my behalf. So, so, so you might not know. You might not get it. You might not see it. But because I know him, I know. Because I've seen him, I see it. Because I have Life changes when you look at it like this. Listen, I know you're my little brother, and you want to be a G, and you get into these little gangs, and you're fighting, and I caught you smoking, and I caught you drinking, but can I tell you something? I know you might not know who that is, but I know who he is. Mary looks at the servants, and she says, listen, you don't know who he is. But little do you know he's your savior. You don't know who he is. You've never met him. You've never seen him. You've never spoken to him. But that doesn't change the fact that he can do anything he wants. So look at what Mary does. Mary says, listen, do whatever he says. I'm not going to give you an option. I'm not going to give you an option. What would your family look like if you didn't give them an option? What would your life look like if you didn't give it an option? What would your situations look like if you didn't give the enemy an option but to leave? Listen, I don't care what's going on in your life, little brother, but I'm not going to give you an option. And you might want to go and act out, and you might want to go and fight, but when you're fighting, I'm going to be fighting too. But this fight, I'm going to do it on my knees, and I'm going to get down in my room, and I'm going to say, God, I know that you're capable. I know that you have the power. I know that you are... She came expecting for a miracle that didn't belong to her. What would, your love, what, what, would your, what would your love life look like if your partner saw the miracle before you did? What would your family look like if you didn't give them an option but to get their miracle? Not my miracle. 
I don't need the promotion. Mom, you do. I'm not going to give you an option. Let's get on our knees. See, a lot of you guys are satisfied with just coming to church and just being a Christian. But God is saying, listen, some of y'all are too focused on your own miracle. Some of y'all are too focused on your own blessing. Little do you know that when you're saved and you're born again, it stops being about you and it starts being about everybody else. The, the courage in Mary to look at the servants and tell them to listen to a man that had never done a miracle before. The problem is, is that although Jesus had not done a miracle before, Jesus was her miracle. The Bible says that Mary was a virgin when she gave birth to Jesus. She had never had sex. But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit had birth in Mary and Jesus was born of a virgin. So although she'd never seen Jesus do a miracle, every time she saw Jesus, she was a, he was a reminder of her miracle. You might not have seen him, but he's my walking miracle. You, you might not understand who this is, but that's my, that's my reminder. And the problem is, it's not that you don't believe in the miracle, it's that you just don't remember the old miracles, so you have no reference for the new miracles. You're looking at God and say, God, how can you do something in my finances? But you forgot he already did something in your marriage. You forgot he already did something in your house. You already thought, forgot he did something in your parents. You forgot he even got you to do high school. You wasn't supposed to graduate. You forgot he got you to do that job. You forgot that one time he didn't get you arrested. You were drink driving and he said, I got you. I'll take you home. You forgot. You forgot. You forgot. There is power in remembering the God that had taken you from nowhere to somewhere. It's when you remember. Is there anybody in this room that remembers the God that has done a miracle? I remember. Point number one. You can throw it up. When you remember what he's done for you, you will have no doubt in what he'll do for you. I remember what he's done, so I have no doubt in what he'll do. He's already done that in my life, so I have no doubt that he'll do it again. See, the problem is not that you're not saved. The problem is that you're forgetful. Sometimes you got to sit down on your way to work and say, man, I hate going to work. I hate my boss. But then you got to remind yourself, no, wait, God gave me this job. Wait, I prayed for this job. Wait, 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 wait. I wasn't even supposed to. I wasn't certified for this job. And you're driving on to work every day forgetting the miracle that you're driving to. And you're making complaints about the miracle that God then gave you. You forgot before you got that job, you was on your knees in your room saying, God, please, I need a job. God, please, I need a job. God, please, I need a job. And now you're on your way to work telling God, God, when are you going to give me a miracle? He's looking at you like you're driving to your miracle. You done forgot your miracle already? Some of y'all, the problem ain't that y'all not saved, is that you have a problem remembering. So let me remind you, your God is capable. Your God is powerful. Your God has the strength. Your God is capable. He can take something that doesn't make sense and make it make sense. So we got Mary. And then we got the servants. We can pull the scripture up. The Bible says, now there were six stone water pots set there for the Jewish custom of purification, containing 20 or 30 gallons each. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots. So they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. First of all, you need to understand that Jesus is so powerful that he don't even need these servants. You got to remember that the way that Jesus, the way that God created the universe, all he said was, let there be light. So it would be foolish to think that Jesus needs the head waiters to make wine appear. And some of y'all are foolish to think that you serving or not is going to affect God. When he don't even need you. 
If anything, you need this. You, God don't need you to serve. You need to serve. Because how else are you going to stay connected? Bible, listen, at the end of the day, for example, somebody give me a chair. Somebody give me a chair. Give me a chair ASAP. Boom. All right. Okay, I'm going to try not to get hurt. Real, real simple for y'all that don't understand it, right? Um, let me get Daniel, come over here. Yeah, you. All right. You see me sitting on a chair? I look so comfortable, right? Daniel, I want you to stand right here. I want you to push me off of this chair. And no, you don't got to try too hard. Just, just push. Like, like, no, kid. Try to push. Okay. We're going to try it again. You don't violate my Yankee hat, man. I'm, they just lost. I'm already going through it. Okay. Look at it again. Look, I'm sitting down, and he's going to push me. Okay? Push. I'm not, try, I'm not trying to fall, I swear. But he's just pushing me. Push me. Okay. I put the chair aside. Now try pushing me. Go ahead. The reason why you keep falling over is because you're warming up a seat. You wonder, you wonder why you can't grow from that temptation. Maybe it's because you're still sitting down. Maybe it's because you're not getting involved. Maybe it's because you're not serving. And you wonder why the devil got you in the palm of his hands. You wonder why the enemy has you. And he's saying, listen, I got you right here. Because in the middle of my hands, it's in the middle of my hands. Some of y'all been looking at God. He said, God, where's my miracle? And he's looking at you like, but you still sitting. It's easy for you to push somebody off when they're sitting down. But when I'm standing up, go ahead, try to push me. Go ahead, try to knock me off my horse. Come on, try to try my religion. Try to tell me that my God ain't real. Try to tell me that my parents, my mom won't survive this cancer. Try to tell me that my job won't make a way. Try to tell me I won't make it. Try to tell me I won't live past 21. Try to tell me I'll be an alcoholic like my dad. You don't get it. I, maybe if I was sitting down, I'll die. Maybe if I was sitting down, I'll lose it. Maybe if I was sitting down. But because I got serving and because I stepped in because I got to serving, and because I stepped in, there's no way you could push me off. But if I'm on a chair, ooh, if I'm on a chair, see the devil, he don't mind that you're in church because he loves you on a chair. He loves you on a chair. Can I, can I burst your bubble? You are not the congregation. Can I just ruin your life real quick? Everyone in this room, none of you are the crowd. You are all going to turn into servants. You are going to turn into student leaders, people who serve in the body of Christ. Why? Because God is going to give us thousands and thousands of people. But God can't give us people if he doesn't have prepared people that can take them and disciple them. So you think that you're the congregation, but God is saying, no, you're the one I'm going to use to disciple the hundreds. You're the one that I'm going to use to change your city. You're the one that I'm going to use to change your family. Substance that we use, we take showers every day. Oh, 
Some of y'all, I can't say this, but yeah, we brush our teeth every day. Water, something that we all have. And Jesus tells them, he said, listen, I want you to fill the pots up with water. Some of us are looking at God, we're saying, God, do something with my degree. God, do something with, with my job. Do something with my experience. And God is saying, I want to do something with your water. I want to do something that you took for granted. Oh, that, that, that skill of singing, yeah, I want to do something with that. Oh, that, that, that skill that you have to write, I want to do something with that. Oh, that the reason why you're just so good at managing things is because I want to get you inside the church and I want you to manage some systems and I want you to take control. I want you to take over, but I need you to focus. And we're looking at God saying, God, do something with the lights. Do something with my BA. Do something with my degree. And God is saying, listen, all I need is water. All I need is water. All I need is water. saying she feeling it she tapped in sitting down it's, it's no point I don't know where you're at I don't know if you're a head waiter all I know is that the life without Christ tastes like poor wine I don't want it if a life without Jesus tastes like poor wine all the time you know what I you know what I see poor wine as? You know what I see that as? I see poor wine like when I go to McDonald's and I put my soda cup in the soda and it's flat. I swear, I'm like, this is, this, this is ridiculous. I only came here for the free refills. And you telling me the one thing I came here for? You slacking on it? Have you ever went to a McDonald's and got a crappy soda? Applebee's got the worst sodas. I'll tell you that right now. They always running out of the fizz. How you run out of the fizz? How you got the sugar and not the fizz? What, you don't buy them both at the same time? I don't get it. Have you ever had to sit through an entire meal drinking that fizzless Coke? You talking about, you don't even got to do that. You just doing it because you always did it. You literally just like, like it's a tea. That ain't a tea. That's a Coca-Cola. You can pour that in your engine and it'll clean it up. Why does it taste like tea? You ever had to sit through a meal with nasty soda? Some of y'all sitting through your lives with poor wine. Some of y'all living your life day in and day out with poor wine. And you're acting like it's normal. You're acting like you're not affected. You're acting like you don't care. But it's, you know what changes the game? You want to know what changes the game? My brother does this all the time. You wanna know what changes the game? My brother swears he's healthy. So when we go out to eat, he's like, you know what? I'm gonna get a Perrier water. And I'm gonna get it with some lemon. Cause he's trying to, you know what he's trying to do? He's trying to, he's trying to substitute the soda with water. He's trying to substitute it. He's not getting something. He wanna be thinking healthy. So what is he doing? He's saying, listen, I'm not going to drink that, so I'm just going to try to substitute it. The problem with the reason why you're not enjoying your life is because you're too busy substituting God. So I'm going to substitute God. I'm going to substitute him with my man. I'm going to substitute him with my, with, with whatever. I'm going to substitute him with my time. I'm going to substitute him with my job. I'm going to substitute him. And you think that you getting more hours at work is going to make you more happy when you're just substituting. You're just substituting. 
So my brother, he's like, man, this, this soda water is so good. <sighs> Boy, you know that don't taste good. Any of y'all who like LaCroix, y'all going straight to Nevermind. LaCroix, I used to call it a Crocs. LaCroix, he out here drinking his LaCroix at the dinner table. I'm disrespected. Because I'm like, we were raised better than that, you know? Like it was arroz con habichuela, con like with an aguacate and then a Coke. And you got LaCroixoics. You should never sit next to me again at the table. And it's funny because I always wait for my brother. Because at the end of the meal, when we're almost done eating, he's looking at my soda. He's like, he's like, man, that soda look real good. And I'm out there, I'm like, that was a good one. Because some of us like the burn, right? I love the burn. I'm like, ah, you saw that tear? That's how you know it's good. And he sees me, I'm like, ah, oh, so refreshing. And it always happens. He looks at me, he's like, yo, bro, I'm done eating. But can I just have a sip? Because I just want to end my meal with a sip. Some of y'all trying to end your week with a sip of Jesus. And you're wondering why you're not satisfied. And you're wondering why you haven't seen a miracle. Because you're too busy looking for a sip. And God is saying, I got a whole cup. I got gallons. I've got 20 to 30 gallons. And you're too focused on a sip. You're too focused on a sip. Some of y'all been surviving all week off a sip. Some of y'all been surviving all month with just a sip. It's just a sip of his presence. And the problem is that because God is so good, even a sip of his presence would do you right. But it won't last until the next sip. His water was good until he tasted mine. Some of y'all think y'all like it's good until you taste what God has for you. And here's the, you know what's the worst part? You know what's the worst part with tasting something? You want to know what's the worst part with tasting something? The worst part? I tell this to my girl all the time. My girl never ate sushi before I met her, right? She was a sinner. We know it's okay. We, she's forgiven. She didn't eat sushi before I met her. I said, baby, you got to try sushi. She's like, baby, I don't know. It's like fish. I don't really know like all that. She ratchet, yes, that is a very accurate description of how she talks. She's like, I don't really want all that. I'm kidding, she wanted to try it. But to me, I'm just like, how are you this old, you never tried sushi? And it's the problem, I told her, I said, baby, you gonna try this sushi, but I know where to take it. So I took her, I brought her, I'm like, come on, let's go get some sushi. <laughs> hey, and here's the problem, here's the problem, here's the problem, the problem is that, the problem isn't that there is no revival. The problem is that nobody's bringing them to it. Nobody's bringing them to the revival. Nobody's showing them. The problem is that isn't that God isn't doing miracles. That nobody's showing them the miracles. Nobody's exposing them to the miracles. So I said, I'm gonna I'm expose her to some miracle sushi. So I expose her. And the worst part with trying something is this. I let her try it, and she actually loved it. Now, there's two problems. Problem number one, sushi is expensive. And she'll, yeah, I pay for that every time. Let's just, just kidding. We pay for it sometimes. That's one problem. But the second problem is this. Even though she thought she didn't like it, 
the moment she tasted it, realized how good it was, she can't go back. The, the moment she tasted it, because once you taste goodness, there's no way you can have an appetite for badness. Once you taste grace, you will no longer have an appetite for sin. Once you taste this salvation, you won't have an appetite for destruction. So she tastes it, and her life changes. And we literally eat sushi like once a month because it's expensive, like I said. And we eat, and we're there. And the funny thing is we start going so often that the people there know us. They know us. Oh, how's it going? Oh, hey, come on. We got Steve Raheel for you. How you doing? Some of y'all go to church and nobody even recognize you. You're trying to bring somebody to see God, but the people in the church are like, who are you your first time? And you wonder why your relationship stuck where it's at. You wonder why God didn't allow y'all to get married yet. You wonder why you're still suffering with looking at girls differently the way that you look at your girl. You wonder why you're going through so much. Maybe it's because you're not even a regular. turn up. Well, I love this energy. Okay. Jesus. So I bring her in. I bring her in. We sit down. They almost know us by a first name basis. We in there. Like we in there. We're eating, we're eating, but here's the problem. The type of sushi that used to get us full don't get us full no more. We gotta order some more. We gotta keep going into the menu. Man, I, I used to just get one row, now we order three. And because my appetite has now changed, I can't keep eating the same sushi I used to eat before. I gotta eat a little more. You wonder why you're not growing, baby, it's because you're still eating a little bit of God's word a little bit of worship, a little bit of intercession. And you're asking God, God, I don't know what's going on. I'm feeling further from you, but I'm going to church more. And God is saying, listen, you're going, but are you really there? You're here, but are you really here? Because last time I checked, you were sitting down. I, man, I just feel really weird right now. Holy Spirit is speaking to me, and I don't want to spook nobody out. But God is telling me right now that he's about to make sense of your next season. Holy Spirit is saying, I am about to make sense of your new season. Did you forget that he was a lamp into your feet and a light into your path? Did you forget that before you saw it, he already ordained it, that he already anointed it, that he already set you apart, and God is about to make sense of your next season. Right now, you are in a season of growth and maturing. You are in a season of being the better version of you, and God is saying, I'm going to make sense of the next season. The next season, you're going to step into your calling. The next season, you're going to step into your diversity. The next season you're going to step into. Hallelujah. 
Oh, I give you glory. If you feel God in this room, you better give up and remember what he's done for you. You better remember what he's capable of. You better remember. You better remember. If you remember.